Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. So I'm super excited to share with you my guest for today, and his name is Andrew Kaplan, and he is a fellow podcast host, and his podcast is called Shatter the Mold. I will make sure and link that in the show notes. And he is an author with a brand new book out called The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read, The Missing Key to Finally Tapping Into the Universe and Manifesting Your Desires. Again, I will link that in the show notes as well. So welcome, Andrew, to Recognize Your Truth, and we will dive right into the interview. Hey, Andrew, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Lisa. Very happy to be here. I'm so excited to dive right in with you. And so let's get started. And why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey? What I really would want to know is kind of like the back history. So where are you now? And then where did you come from? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I get a question like that. And it's it's very easy to give a, a five-minute version or a five-hour version because <laughs> I think everyone can relate. Like We all encounter our own twists and turns. And uh, I, a good way to describe it really is not to be cliche, but I'm a, I'm a classic searcher. Like I've been an entrepreneur on and off for probably a solid 20 years now. And uh, I've gone in and out of nine to fives as I've done that. And I'm at a, a really interesting point in my life and I guess in my journey where I really, I almost refuse to kind of let a business slide away um, because it used to be a thing where I would let something go if it wasn't healthy for me. But now since I'm only choosing endeavors that I actually enjoy and that I'm passionate about, I'm at this point where I'm really stubborn and I refuse to let it go. So I'm just chipping away and, and doing what I can to add value. And, you know, that's kind of like why I've got my podcast out there and why I wrote my book. And, you know, really my journey is, you know, it, it can go in so many ways, but it's really just about stepping on obstacles and, and finding your way through them or around them. And I guess in my case, the context a lot of times has been business and sales because that is kind of like its own microcosm of issues anyway. Because when you think about it, you know, sales is really about communication. It's really about reaching people in ways that really, uh, I they identify them very intimately. Right. And it's been one of those things where like over time, I've studied more and more about like sales and copywriting and people and human psychology in general. And it's bled out into just having a new perspective on life that I'm living myself from. Okay, so let's dive into a couple of things because you mentioned some things that really intrigue me. So you, um, human psychology, like I'm so passionate about that. So I want to I dig in more about that. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about your book as well. So where do you want to start? Right on. Well, you know, they're, they're technically they're both the same thing. Like the, the book is called It Doesn't Matter What You're Selling. And I think, again, I mean, I hope a lot of people would identify, like when we're always on this journey of self-improvement and we dig into a subject, 
a lot of the times we have this tendency to overconsume, And rather than even taking action and implementing things that we learn, we're just acquiring information and sucking it up like a sponge to the point where the, the water is just spilling out because it can't fit anymore. And because I became so passionate about sales and marketing and trying to work that out, I got to the point in my life where I was just consuming more information than I was using it. And because I kind of identified with that issue, I wanted to write a book for people that was about marketing that got rid of a lot of like the excess garbage. And you could just say, listen, read this 160 page book and it's not going to be everything, but it's like everything you need to encapsulate what marketing is about. And a lot of that comes down to human psychology, whether you're positioning yourself, whether you're storytelling, whatever you're doing, that's what sales and marketing is anyway. It's reaching people on both their pain points and their pleasure points so that you're giving them enough information to make a buying decision from you. I, gosh, that is so up my alley because sales and marketing is my background. That's what I've done my whole life. Um, and it is a lot about the human psychology, about reading people, meeting them where they're at. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, when you're doing sales and marketing, what are you looking for in tone, in body language, in communication? Because I think that's so vital in marketing and sales. So it's interesting to hear you ask that because those are such key points. And when you're face to face with somebody, it's, it almost sounds silly, but you, it really becomes a thing where you go on your gut. You have enough experiences and enough yeses and enough noes, and you learn to trust your gut and get a feel for people where like, I couldn't tell you an exact motion of like eye movement, but I can tell you how I feel around somebody when I'm speaking to them and I can tell whether they're bothered or not, or maybe they're just, they have good poker faces. But the real interesting challenge is a lot of my sales these days is not face-to-face. So it comes down to a piece or situation where I have to construct a message that's going to go out there into the world, and I'm not in front of someone as it's going through. So I almost have to anticipate what their reaction might be to try to send a balanced message that's simultaneously honest with them and, and has integrity so that I'm not cheating anybody. So it's this weird game of cat and mouse that I think I'm always going to be playing and I'm always going to be figuring it out. And I'm always just tinkering and testing and trying my best to learn new things and pick up new things so that I can do a better job of it. Okay. So let's unpack that a little bit because more and more people obviously are selling online and Mm -hmm. not really meeting their customer or their potential client face to face. So everything is done in a virtual setting these days. And you, one of the things that I know to, to be true is the buyers about 80% through their journey before they even contact you. Mm. So they have researched, they have um, dug deep into everything about a specific product or service that they want. Um, and they're pretty much 75 to 80% through their buying journey before they even reach out and contact someone. So how do you take it from there and close the deal? Mm, Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to interpret what you say a little bit and and hopefully I'm I'm kind of right as I say this, but let's, let's think about this. 80% of the way through, through the journey, that means somebody has in plenty of pain at that point. And they've also run into possible solutions that were not good enough for them for some reason. 
So the answer really to me is just targeting whatever it is you're selling to make sure that it one addresses whatever problem they're having and two, that you really get down to the heart of the matter of what it is. So like, you know, taking weight loss, for example, you know, you have a, a typical weight loss product, someone who's 80% of the way through their journey, they're, they're looking at all these things that are talking about surface level solutions. In the end, um, I'll, I'll be diplomatic as I put it this way, because I'm not sure of the content of your show. People might be looking for, we'll use the word romance. Right. And um, that means they want to feel attractive. So, you know, losing weight, yes, it's about being healthy. It's about feeling better. But when you get down to the heart of the matter, it's somebody that's looking for love, whether they're trying to maintain a relationship that they're having or they're trying to get themselves in a new one and they want to better position themselves. So someone that's 80% of that journey, you want to speak to that. Even if you're not doing it directly, you want to have a situation where the verbiage of your marketing and the images and the messages are implying that it's about that end goal, not about the lost weight itself, because the lost weight is surface level. Okay. So now we're going back to human psychology. I love it. We're coming yes. full circle. Okay. So again, human psychology is meeting people where they're at. And what you just said, you know, the, the weight loss is the surface, but what's really underneath, um, you know, quitting smoking is the surface. What's really underneath stopping yourself from drinking or drugs or whatever is the surface. What's really underneath. So Mm. how do you meet people where they're at when, when what, like you said, they really are looking for love. I mean, that's really truly the bottom line. Right. Well, you, you do it over time and through learning. And I guess there's some easy hacks. So here's an example. And I love how you said we get back to human psychology. Like in my mindset, I never leave it. So like take, um, if you want to really do something well, go to Amazon, find a book or a bunch of books that are addressing a certain topic and look at the top rated reviews and list and read the verbiage of what actual customers are saying, because those are the answers, the people that are making purchases. So those are people that are going to say words of like, you know, when I lost that weight, I was, it was such a wonderful feeling to go into that, co- that first coffee date and not feel self-conscious. Like something like that, you read that in an Amazon review, that's the kind of thing that you're going to plug into your message. So for me, it's, it's all like, it, it really comes down to experience and going through this a lot. But the perspective is trying to find a message of a real customer who actually had the issue who made likely, you know, ideally made a buying decision based on trying to solve that. Okay. That makes so much sense to me. You know, like going back and looking up information of where people might've written a review or, excuse me, might've written something down on how it made them feel. So it's not, again, unpacking the human psychology. It's not about the weight loss. It's how they felt after the weight Correct. loss. Yeah. Correct. And I want to say this because, and I'm hopefully um, going to maybe give a little more value to people that listen to your show. Cause I understand people that listen to your show, they're, they're looking to better themselves. I think um, sometimes it's a good idea to almost kind of look at yourself as a customer when it comes to life and really take a deep dive into what makes you happy because it's possible you're going to make a discovery for yourself that you wouldn't have realized. You, you might want that car because really you want to 
look good in photos on Facebook or, or something. I mean, I'm, I'm not giving a good example there, but I would say a lot of times people have certain motivations that they think is actually what they want when there's really a beneath the surface solution that they can get themselves into without a lot of the extra trouble and a lot of the extra obstacles that might be presented in an expensive buying solution or something else. That's, that's so interesting that you say that because there's, there's a, a reason, there's something deeper inside all of us as to why we make the decisions that we, that we make, purchasing decisions, buying decisions. I mean, somehow we've convinced ourselves that we need that object or that surface. Yes. Service. I'm sorry. I'm stumbling on my words here. Um, no, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes this podcast real. Um, so like, talk to me how you connect with your audience a little bit. Well, it, like my personal audience right now, um, I guess is in like the, you know, sales and marketing piece. So my connection with them is just trying to be real only because my experience and my uh, research tells me that they're used to dealing with a lot of snake oil salesmen. So my connection for them in that specific way is just trying to be real and authentic with them. But when it comes to, you know, maybe doing work for another client who has a completely different solution, again, just, it comes down to trying to understand what their customer is really going through and finding a solution. And, you know, even getting back to the being real part, I think it's always easy, an easy solution to do that and a, and a wise decision to do that because in the end, there's always going to be honest people and dishonest people. So you might as well loop yourself in with the group of honesty because that's going to attract a better customer anyway. And it's going to make your sales a hell of a lot easier. So you said you have to show up and be authentic. And yes. um, I think that's just a message that I hear over and over and over again in this vast social media world. Yes. And, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's where people really connect with you. It is. And the funny thing is because, you know, the word authentic, it's actually, it's a very loaded word because it's used so often. So people will sometimes, at least according to my definition, they'll misinterpret what it means. Sometimes people think being authentic just means complaining about something that, that's really going on in their lives, which may not actually be the best thing to do if they're in a market where their audience doesn't want to hear about their complaints. So, you know, being authentic doesn't necessarily have to take on a typical uh, representation of that. It's more about just being authentic in the context of whatever communication that you're having with them, not having to force it. Because when I think about it, if I think that, you know, being quote unquote real with someone means complaining, and then I'm doing that in my Facebook lives, I'm technically being inauthentic by using that as a strategy rather than just being myself. So how do you show up for your audience and be authentic? What are some of the tips and some of the tricks and some of the messages that you do to show up and be authentic to your audience? Right. Well, it's kind of funny. I, I resolve myself to the possibility or even the probability that there are going to be certain days where I just, I kind of suck. And what I mean by that is uh, I'll, I'll slur my words, I'll stutter, I'll get off on a tangent, I won't know what I'm doing. And I kind of embrace and accept it. And really, it just comes through daily activity. Uh, I, I took a break over to summer, but before that, I was doing like Facebook lives every single day. And I've always been comfortable speaking, but I, I have found that when you do something with consistency, you just naturally get better. Your brain will rewire itself to be better at whatever it is that you're doing. So 
a lot of this just comes down to consistency. Like my personal solution is consistently putting myself out there, trying to communicate what's going on, trying to address the issue of my prospect and like, you know, just hope that I'm not screwing up too much and being willing just to take my lumps when I do. So it really just comes down to having like an open mind and a good attitude about it and realizing that perfection is not only impossible, but it's the worst target to shoot for because it's going to hold you further back from improvement than if you just let yourself go. I couldn't agree with you more. And one of the things that you said in there, which is a message that I try to relay all the time is consistency. And it's hard. I mean, I'm going to just be vulnerable here. It's hard to be consistent. You know, life gets in the way. But what I have found is being consistent continues to bring those people to you. Without a doubt. And it's one of those things where the more you do it, the easier it gets. So it's like consistency and momentum, they really go hand in hand. It almost becomes a thing where you're not even like fighting for the consistency in and of itself. You're just fighting for the routine and the rewiring of your brain so that you've got enough momentum so that it kind of carries the weight for you. Yes. I mean, I was finding that just for me personally, I was doing lives and I was recording videos and I was a nervous wreck. And that was like the silliest thing because I'm just having a, a, a conversation and I found that when I finally relaxed, I was able to be more consistent. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. There, there's something about, uh, <laughs> there's something about like this extra stress that you put on yourself because when, when you're trying to do anything like too much and you're trying to force it, that's where there's this actual, this lack of movement because you're not in a free flow state of mind and you're not giving yourself the permission and the freedom to actually be more in the moment, which is where magic really happens anyway. Wow. I mean, you're speaking my language because, you know, just being in the moment, allowing yourself to just freely speak uh, and not have like a super tight agenda and just kind of get your point across. Those are all the things that I, I try to do. So you're speaking my language, Andrew. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and you know, one thing I'll offer is also is, you know, a lot of times you're never going to be the best judge of yourself because you're most likely going to be way too critical. Like to, you know, to give a, a real authentic moment, you know, before our recording right now, I spent the entire day, I woke up really early, um, I'm recording a webinar on a, on a completely, different, completely different niche, and uh, I'm putting it down, and I'm doing it in bits because, you know, you tend to lose your voice after 20 minutes of talking if sure. you're really like, pushing it, and I listen back to it, and I'm like, I'm, I'm hating how I sound. I'm not hating the, the language that I'm using, and I'm not hating the authenticity, but I'm just hating the, uh, the cadence of my voice. And I realize that it's something that it's, it's me being natural. It's not within my control. And I can either just get the webinar out there in a way that's way better than I'm realizing, or I can drive myself crazy trying to do it to perfection and never get it done. And that's a perfect story that you just explained because people always think, oh, I have to wait until such and such happens I mean, just put it out there. And the beauty is if you put it out there now and it's not perfect, you get to see the growth yourself when you go back and revisit it. Yes. I, I love those YouTube channels where, you know, they've already got like five, 600,000 subscribers and you watch your videos, but then you go into the history and you look at their first one and you see how horrible the production value is. 
and you see how they're stuttering over their words and you see how they don't know what they're doing, but they left the videos up anyway. Right, right. Because it, it's growth. It's growth. Yes. I mean, I, I'm on, you know, I only have like probably less than, or I have a little bit more than 20 podcasts that I've released so far. And I go back and listen to my first one and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I sound so horrible. But if I didn't get that first one out, I wouldn't be here with you today interviewing you. So that's what, yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so funny. It's actually, it's really funny the games we play. In, in my first podcast episodes, um, I kind of look back, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but I, I would actually use a lot more profanity. And I thought about like why I was doing this. And it wasn't like to seem like hardcore. It was actually, I was using all this profanity because I didn't realize it at the time. I wanted to give myself the freedom to do that in future episodes. So I figured if I set the tone right away with all that in the beginning, it wouldn't be ridiculous or a shock to the system of listeners if I did it in the future. And uh-huh. now that I got it out of my system, like I don't really curse so much. Like I rarely do it on the episodes because again, I'm, I'm being authentic. So if the moment doesn't call for it, I'm not going to do it. But it really is amazing for me to listen back to those first episodes and like, like, wow, Andrew, that F-bomb wasn't really necessary. It's not like it bothers me, but it just, it was totally unnecessary. And now I actually feel a lot more natural when I do interviews with people. And when I do my own recorded episodes, like you do for yourself for your Monday motivation. Right. I love that you, um, that you just said that because again, it's growth and it's just going back and, and recognizing, you know, so I love the tips that you've given, you know, showing up consistent, putting yourself out there, recognizing who your audience is. I mean, you've really dropped a lot of gold here, Andrew. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. And, you know, obviously if people are up for it, they're more than welcome to listen to Shatter the Mold. Um, it's uh, shatterthemoldpodcast.com. The later episodes don't have as much profanity if, uh, if that's any reason of a, of a deterrent. <laughs> but something I'm, I'm certainly proud of. Um, and then tell us where else we could find you. Well, so besides shatterthemoldpodcast.com, which is really, that's the central hub, which will have a fast link to my book on Amazon. But um, for the most part, that's like the best place to find me. So you can get the book on Amazon, you can listen to the podcast, and anyone that really wants to talk to me and potentially work with me, they could always just reach out there because I have contact forms. And, you know, it's my attitude is if it's a good fit, I'm game. And if I can't serve you, I'll tell you straight up because that's the only way that you want to do business anyway. Yeah. You only want to do business with people that you are, that where both parties agree to do. Exactly. And that both parties are getting value and being served and it's actually a win. Yes. Um, And I will make sure and link everything up in the show notes on how to get a hold of you and where your book is and where everybody can find you as well as your podcast. But I just want to take a few um, moments and just say, um, I want to acknowledge you for coming on here and just being authentic and real and giving my audience a little bit of um, information on selling and marketing and being consistent. And I just, like I said, it's, it's that value that you're providing. And so I just want to acknowledge you for that. And thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. And um, thanks to the audience who's listening, Um, looking at your episodes, I can tell that it's, it's, people that are really into bettering themselves. So I'm so happy to speak to people like that when I get a chance. Thanks, Andrew. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Andrew Kaplan and I will make sure and link all of his contact information, including his new book, 
that was just recently launched in the show notes and be sure and go follow him. Listen to his awesome podcast. He brings on some great guests and I myself was one of his guests. So super excited to uh, share these platforms with other podcasters. Have a great day. If you want more information about my coaching program or how to launch a podcast, you could contact me at recognizeyourtruth.com and you could also email me at lisa at recognizeyourtruth.com. The music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. I'm a victim.